Can the Utah defense shut down the Florida Gators offense? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. This is your first time joining our show. Make sure you guys like and subscribe. We'd love to interact with you guys in the comments as well as on social media where you can follow our show at Lockdown News. And uh, I'm sure there will be a lot of people commenting, especially Florida Gators fans, because we are going to be talking about how the Utah defense is going to fare against the Florida Gators offense. And just talk about this Utah defense, what we expect from them throughout the year overall and in order to help us do that it's espn 700's porter larson and porter when talking about can this utah defense shut down the floors gators offense i believe they can and when i say shut down i do not mean like arizona state versus Jaden daniels like they're gonna pitch a shutout at home I, I don't see that happening but this is a team i believe that they can hold this florida gators offense under 20 points it's something they've done to prolific offenses in the past overall and i don't consider this florida gators offense to be prolific at least in the first game with all the new pieces and i don't think graham Mertz has ever really been described as prolific at any point in his career overall. So uh, I, I do believe they'll hold them under 20. And, or no, I, excuse me. I believe they'll hold them under 30, and I think they're capable of holding them under 20. If you look at the game last year, Florida scored 29 points, seven in the first quarter, seven in the second, none in the third, and then 15 in the fourth quarter. In eight drives, they scored four touchdowns overall. I just don't see them scoring four touchdowns against this, this Utah defense that has been really strong at home. In fact, in the last four full college football seasons, this is a team that's only given up 30 points or more at home one time, that was to USC last year. Billy Napier ain't Lincoln Riley, and Graham Mertz is definitely not Caleb Williams. So I really like the matchup that this Utah defense has overall. I think they're in for a much better season opening performance than they were last year, Porter. Yeah, I think that's that's the key, right, is you're facing a completely different Florida team mm-hmm. than you were last year. Now, the, some of the personnel is, is yeah. remaining, but when you change from Anthony Richardson to Graham Mertz, it's going to change your playbook. It's going to change the the way you approach the the, the game. And even with Anthony Richardson – Last year was kind of a, an outlier for some of the things he did, right? Florida just ran the ball down teams' throats last mm-hmm. year. That was the only time they really found uh, a whole lot of success on the ground. Both of their uh, both of their main running backs in Trevor Etienne and, and Montrell Johnson finished the year with five-plus yards per carry. So all the attention went to Anthony Richardson, rightfully so. He's now an NFL quarterback. But now you kind of have to shift your your focus if you're, if you're Utah and you got to realize that Florida's going to try to slow this thing down. They're going to try to uh, take the air out of the football. They're going to try to do what Utah usually tries to do, right? Mm-hmm. At least in in historical sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, I don't really have any concern about about Utah having the personnel being able to uh, defend that, just because we can go through the depth chart, JT. I, I've identified almost like five, six deep at every position for Utah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not even uh, exaggerating there. The defense is really deep. There are a couple positions where I have questions about the dynamic and, and how yep. it's going to fit, but the personnel is is there. This is uh, as deep as I've seen a Utah defense ever. Um, I, I think there are some X factors, some guys that you look at at the defensive end and the safety position where you kind of wonder how that dynamic works. 
but you don't have questions about the the actual personnel in the room, right? Um, so it's it's a matchup where I do think the the style the stylistic matchup between Florida and Utah it, it may I don't know if want, you want to say it favors Utah, mm-hmm. uh, but it's 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 one where it, it's not something that's that's completely out of their comfort zone. Uh, and as you mentioned last year, bunch of freshmen, bunch of first mm-hmm. year guys, bunch of players that are just learning Morgan Scally's system. Uh, we had we talked to him, we talked to Sharif, just got off the phone with with Coach Witt doing our preview interviews here at the station, and that's not the same question mm-hmm. going into this year, right? Lander Barton, you go down the list, Kareni Reed. There was a lot of underclassmen who you could tell had a lot of potential. Um, that was never the question there. But early on in the year, there was a lot of second guessing and and still learning the defense. And specifically on the defensive side of the ball, you can't be delayed by the thought mm-hmm. process, right? You have to be so reactionary, so quick thinking that there's, there's not that even fraction of a second delay. And this, from, from all accounts up on the hill, uh, we haven't been able to watch as much, of course, as, as we'd like to. But from all accounts up on the hill, they're much further along in that process week one this year than they were week one last year. And, of course, uh, having the the upperclassmen, having the guys that have been in that room uh, before certainly helps that. Um, but like I said, I, I really do think it's, it's more, JT, about what Florida does. Mm-hmm. Graham Mertz get the ball down the field. Right. They're going to come out and, and probably run the ball 30, 40 times. I, I really do see Florida doing that. So the question is, those five, six times over the course of the entire game where they try to stretch the field, can Graham Mertz connect on that? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the, the real question mark to me because I I don't have many questions about the, the Utah defense, at least as far as um, concerns on that on that end. Well, and you made a great point, too, just talking about the different position these guys are in, more experienced. Let's look at how this defense was last year going into the Florida season opener. You were missing your best defensive lineman from a season ago with Mika Tafua moving on. You were missing an elite defensive tackle in Putu Tau was gone. Both your starting linebackers, one of those who's a pretty good player in the state of Florida now at the NFL level in Devin Lloyd. Two safeties in McKinney and Davis were also big parts of that Utah team going back to 21. They weren't involved that year. So that's just a lot replacing in the first right. game. And then you can get Diabate in his first game with the program overall and I know Demuni will be in his first game of the program this year but he's played the position of off-ball linebacker to me at a higher level in the past than we saw Diabate do coming off the game he had against his all experience with Florida but it wasn't as good as his on-ball stuff and even last year I, I felt like his he was at his best rushing the passer personally but yes you do lose a guy like Clark Phillips but everyone's back in the front seven and you have guys who come in instead of a Clark Phillips now you have a guy in Miles Battle who's a very experienced SEC starter so you don't have the high level level corner maybe in Clark Phillips at least for the first game but look Ricky Persall he, he's all right he's a decent college receiver to me he, he's not one of the receivers in college football like you don't need a Clark Phillips in my opinion there and then you look at the other guys right like you lose RJ Hubert off this team with the level Sione Vaki was playing at the end of last season I expect him to pick off where he left off and have a very strong start overall so this Utah defense is really only replacing three guys overall and I really think two of the three are an upgrade and the only one that's not would be the Clark Phillips loss and I think when you're talking about that again 
again. Miles Battle is a quality starter who's done a lot of things. And this defense struggled with some of the freaky things that Richardson can do in a very uncharacteristic, poor tackling performance overall. And I just think they've had a lot of success when you look at their history against quarterbacks like Graham Mertz. This is a Utah defense that's only allowed 16.5 points per game at home last year. And why should I expect a worse performance from them when they've been so strong at home? They have so many returning guys back. And once again, they've just been really good at home outside of the game in which they played the reigning Heisman Trophy winner from last year. So I don't expect Florida to score more points on the road than they did at home, even if they think that Graham Mertz can make this passing offense a little bit better. So I, I do think will Florida score more, a little bit more in terms of like more than that 16 points per game average. I do agree with that, but I, I do think Utah is going to end up holding them under 29 Porter. And I, I'm with you there. I think mm-hmm. this is a, a lower scoring game than, than we saw last year, uh, at least on, on Florida's end. I <laughs> don't mm-hmm. want to give away my, my pick in this one, yeah. uh, at least not yet, but, um, you mentioned, yeah, Ricky Pearsall on the outside. He's, he's more of a, a slot guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not Britton Covey, but yeah. they use him in that way where they, mm-hmm. they throw him around in, in the slot uh, as the X receiver on the, the three man set on the outsides, right? They, they throw him in a lot of mesh routes and, and, and get him at the sticks rather than trying to look downfield. So you don't necessarily have that big body, Mm-hmm. outside number one right wide receiver threat that you're, you're super concerned about Douglas is is closer to that mm-hmm. than Pearsall but for that reason yeah I, I I think that Utah is is pretty well suited I mean you go through the the cornerback room you mentioned trying to replace fill the void of Clark Phillips I don't know how you really replace mm-hmm. that kind of production but you have multiple guys in there that have, have been near all conference uh level uh production and tra- to Travis Broughton uh, Kenzel Lawler, you you bring in Miles Battle, who has SEC experience, and we hear good things about him. I, I don't have concern there uh, as much as Utah early on controlling the run and and not having the tackling issues that we saw early last year. I, I think that's that's really the the X factor to this game is uh, can you come out more crisp, more polished mm-hmm. than you did week one. Uh, of 2022 because that that was really the decider in the game was you know Utah the scheme worked they had guys broken down they were in position and they just whiffed man missed tackles I I have never seen never Morgan Scally's defense miss that many tackles as we did in Mm -hmm. the Florida game now something to be said for Anthony Richardson yes Pearsall Trevor Etienne or Travis Etienne right Mm -hmm. these are guys who what they do, uh, how athletic and, and dynamic they are, is going to lead to some more broken mm-hmm. tackles. But you have to be able to break down. You have to be able to keep them in front of you. And I, I do think that you'll have better luck uh, at that than you did last year. But as you alluded to early in the show, you're not going to stop those guys mm-hmm. entirely. They'll they'll have their flashes yes. uh, here in Salt Lake. Yeah, you t- what was it 27 missed tackles, Porter, last year? I, it was 20 plus. It was 20. It was easily 20 plus. Yeah, <laughs> that that ain't happened at home. We've never seen that happen at home. And yeah, I don't expect to happen in the first game either all and either, either way. And uh, overall, this Utah defense is full of talent. And we're going to be previewing what we expect from them, not just in the Florida game, but overall in the season in one second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at 
eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit. Or your money back, because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. All right, Porter, when we talk about this Utah defense and one of the matchups that's going to be key for them against the Florida Gators with what we expect to be a very strong and stout offensive line, I'm curious how they'll come together. A lot of new pieces to be playing together in a first game in what's going to be a ruckus environment in Rice-Eccles Stadium overall. I'm really high on this defensive line group. You only lose Gabe Reed from last year, so everyone's back with more experience, especially the interior. When you're talking about Junior Tafuna, Aliki Vaimahi, and Samote Peppa, I think it's not just the, one of the best in the pack. I think it's not just the best in the Pac-12. I think it's one of the best in the country overall. And in terms of a pass rush standpoint, adding Logan Fano, the improvements of a Chase Kennedy, how much we saw Connor O'Toole improve even over the course of last season coming into this year. That's without even mentioning a Van Fillinger, who's been an effective guy for this team. And the flashes we saw from Jonah Ellis over all were, were things I was really encouraged by. So I think this is going to be an elite defensive line. And I think it's going to pose a lot of teams problems, not just in week one against the Florida Gators, but throughout the entire season. JT, I've, I've identified like two X factors with this defense. Okay. One of them is less of a question mark and more of how does the dy- dynamic work at the safety position? Mm-hmm. Obviously Cole Bishop isn't a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sione Vaki isn't a question. You bring back Nate Ritchie. You've got the personnel there. My question there is all of those guys kind of look like a typical strong safety. Mm-hmm. Play up in the box or that physical presence. So I'm curious to see, and, and Morgan told us not to worry, right? They have mm-hmm. the guys that, that fit this role. But I'm curious to see who provides the range, the 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 center fielder, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who kind of plays that role and – you're still always going to to bring a physical presence and, and, and play up and get to the line of scrimmage. But that's one of the X factors. The other, back to your point, is at the defensive end position. Again, don't have a question about the personnel, not the bodies in the mm-hmm. room. You mentioned Van Fillinger coming back from injury. Connor O'Toole in his second year now playing the position mm-hmm. at defensive end. Uh, you, you, you bring in Fano as a freshman, Jonah Ellis started to flash late last year and chase Kennedy. We've heard a lot about uh, over the course of the off season. He looked really good in the spring. Yes. You have the bodies there, but JT, the, the common denominator with, if you go back through Utah teams of past, the common denominator on all of the elite units, right? We're talking top five or 10 in the country, mm-hmm. because I think this team can get to that level. Yeah. Elite units in Utah football history have had a true, true edge rusher pass threat who can collapse one side of the defensive line or the offensive line and wreck your quarterback's process, right? His three-step drop, his timing. If you can do that every other snap with one guy, it completely changes the way you call a defense. And it completely changes the way you can approach your pass rushes, your blitzes, if you're Morgan Scally. Sometimes you don't have to send a blitz because mm-hmm. your four guys are doing it, right? Who surfaces as a Bradley and I, 
as a Mika Tafua, you know, as a Nate Orchard off the edge. Because if you can get a, a double-digit plus sack guy this season, it opens up the playbook. And when that happens for Morgan Scally in a in a defensive unit that has what I think to be a really, really deep interior defensive line, linebacking mm-hmm. unit and defensive backs. If you can if you can find that X factor on the edge, uh, JT, I, I think this is a, a defense that has an opportunity to be again one of the best in college football. Not just the Pac-12, but again, back to to their level as you know a, a top ten unit in in the country. Um, so those are the kind of the two X factors I've I've zeroed in on. And again, I think they have guys that that are there, right? They have the potential, they have the bodies. It's just kind of figuring out now how that dynamic works. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, on your point about kind of the secondary that you were mentioning, and you said it yourself, like. We're really high on Sione Vaki, really high on Cole Bishop. We're high on Nate Ritchie. I'm curious to see. Just, we've heard he's getting back up. We've heard he's right. been good in the in fall camp. We just haven't really been able to, to see it after what we hit was kind of working his way back up in the spring. So curious to what he brings. And uh, yeah, it's just so nice when you lose a guy like Clark Phillips to have two corners backs from last year who played at such a high level still in JT Broughton and as a Maya Vaughn. And I've said this before on my show. I know that there were games where Utah got gashed in the passing game, but I just, I felt like that was so much more a reflection of not being able to bring down a quarterback and having to cover for extra amounts of time rather than secondary struggles. And versus this, that pass rush improved over the course of the season. The reason I expect that group to be better, but it is going to be interesting to see who becomes that edge guy. I feel like it's going to end up being Jonah Ellis overall, but a lot of the guys that we've been talking about, especially a guy like Logan Fano and the potential he's got, he could end up molding into that guy too. But uh, just talking about the secondary over, I feel very strongly about this group, even without Clark Phillips. I think they're going to be able to shut down a lot of the, or hold in check some of the top passing offense and hang with them in the Pac-12, make drives tough on them. I just don't think that USC is going to be marching up and down the field on them. I don't think we'll see a half like we saw against USC in the first half. Is USC going to have success moving the ball against them? Yes, at times. But this is a defense, I think, that is going to be able to make stops. And part of the reason isn't just the secondary porter. It's the elite linebacker we're, linebackers we're going to see play. Lander Barton, I, we've talked about it before on this podcast. You and I are about as high on him as anyone I know in the Utah media. I think he's going to get off to a great start against Florida after what was a, a tough position for him to be thrown into last year. Leah Bonnie Demuni, the experience he has and the level he's played at against Pac-12 teams is going to transition right away. And Corinne Reed being one of the leaders of this team overall, I think he's going to make a big impact too. So just this Utah defense really does have the potential to what I think what you said, be a top 10 unit because of how much talent's there. Yeah, I mean, the linebacker room is is solid, right? You 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 look at that and you wonder more so about how they're going to split up the the reps, mm-hmm. how they're going to divvy that up, right? You have uh, Lander Kareni and, and Lavani Damuni who are legitimate first team guys, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you might have may have three linebackers on the field. A lot of times, I think that with the physicality and the the defensive backs, I think you're going to have more units with five DBs on the field, even if you are maybe loading the box, I think you're going to try to use that speed or Morgan is going to try to use that speed uh, with, with the DBs a little more. So I'm curious to see just how often, you know, there's going to be only two linebackers on the field a lot of the time. So how how that is divvied up is is interesting to me. Um, But you mentioned the growth of of Lander Barton, freshman defensive player of the year. We haven't mentioned Junior Tafuna also, freshman defensive player of the year. The last two freshman defensive player of the years are on this defense. You bring in an all-conference player in Lavani Damuni. Um, it, it's a good recipe, 
And and it, it does start in the middle with those linebackers, though, the, the quarterbacks of the defense. And that's where I think the, the next step for Lander is going to show a lot of dividends. I had a short chat with, with his brother, Cody, uh, this offseason, and he said, I've seen something click with him mentally, right? He's mm-hmm. always there. You go watch yeah. him. He's a bulldozer. He's always had that. And he, he's always been a, a film junkie. But once you feel like you're a part of the system, right, in, in a defense, once you're no longer um, having that, that reactionary, that thought process in between snaps and, and you're just going with the flow, I, I talked about it a, a, a lot on this podcast. You're not playing on your heels, mm-hmm. reacting to what you're seeing in front of you. You're playing, playing on your toes and you're ready to pounce. And that's where you see Lander take this next step, right? He seems much more confident in in the uh, the calls coming in from the sideline. Mm-hmm. I know that was a process early on last year. looked a lot better late. Mm-hmm. But to have a full offseason after you've played on the field, after you've gone through 12 or so games with uh, with your defensive coaching staff, I think the, the jump from freshman year to sophomore year is, is going to be really, really noticeable for Lander. And that's considering how good he already was. Um, so, yeah, I think you're looking at one of the better linebackers in the Pac-12 and uh, how it shakes out beyond Lander with Levani and Kareni. Uh, you can even go further down with, with Justin Medlock, the only two guys that we've been hearing about in, in the offseason. Um, a lot of depth there. So even if you do run into to issues with, with injuries or, or whatnot later on in the year. Um, I, I think, again, we talked about it earlier in the show, pretty much every defensive unit for Utah is five, six guys deep, uh, which is if you're a defensive coordinator, you're just taking a sigh of relief. <laughs> a lot of times you lose one guy mm-hmm. and it completely changes everything. I don't, I don't really see that that is a, is a scenario with this Utah team. Yeah, I don't either. I feel like they can survive an injury. Knock on wood, hope everyone stays healthy. But if that were to happen, it's not like this season would be derailed. I think that's a great point made by you. And the nice thing as well is so many of those guys you talked about, like Justin Medlock, we just we don't know how much we'll see him play because how good the other three linebackers are overall. But he's even if it's not – what were you saying? But he's just, he's just been so good, and it's spring. Exactly. It, mm-hmm. It's spring. It seemed like every other play, Justin mm-hmm. Medlock was finding the football. Yes. Um, so he, I think he's going to find his way on the field, but like mm-hmm. we said, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a interesting to see how. Yeah. It's tough to, it'll be tough for him to earn a lot of playing time, but I especially think Porter next year is when we're going to see him and a couple of these other guys we've even just mentioned really break out. We're going to talk about the future stars of this defense in one moment, but first this episode is sponsored by better help. And we want to tell you more about our friends at better help. Sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationship, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with the confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make the decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice, the easier it gets. BetterHelp is a great resource for you guys to use. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can even switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So let therapy be your roadmap or your map, excuse me, with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on college today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on college. 
to make sure you guys head over to BetterHelp today and check out the great offer they have going on. All righty, Porter, talking about the future of this Utah defense overall. I think a couple of the names that stand out to me is we've already just, we were just gushing on uh, Logan, uh, or excuse me, I'm told, I see Logan Fano on my thing, Lander Barton. We were just gushing on Lander Barton, of course, and all that he's going to do. But when you look at these other guys, right? Chase Kennedy and what he provides, I think, in the future off the edge. I think he'll flash this year and the next year, especially, is when we could see him have a dominant type of season. Justin Medlock and uh, Barton together in the middle is going to be special to watch overall, too. There's a lot of young defensive tackles on this roster that might struggle to see playing time because how good the three got the big three are that Utah has overall. But even Vaki is going to be back next year, too, and he could be a revelation in the secondary. And guys like Smith Snowden, CJ Blocker, who we've heard Smith Snowden is going to be on the, the depth chart, the two deep when it comes out overall. He seems like a guy who's in a bigger position to grow, too. So Utah will be making the transition to the Big 12 a lot more. Um, a lot of crazy offenses and kind of the things the Big 12 provides overall in general. And I think they're going to have the defensive talent to hang in there because I think there's a lot of future stars at the collegiate level on this roster. You mentioned kind of the names that I was I was going to go through, but mm-hmm. it doesn't stop there, right? You, yes. Especially the defensive tackle position. We've heard, of course, Junior Tafuna was a, a freshman defensive player of the year. He's now into his upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. You have Samote Peppa, um, Aliki Vimahi, We've heard things about David Tavita Fotu uh, mm-hmm. from, from Coach Witt, uh, Keanu Tanuvasa. Uh, there's, again, six defensive tackles that I feel feel comfortable putting on the field tomorrow, right? When you have that many, um, they can all flash. Because mm-hmm. at that position specifically, it's, it's, it's a little different how they rotate, right? Morgan may make a defensive tackle rotation every few plays. And you, you see Utah sometimes mess with the clock, mess with it a little yeah. bit there. Uh, it, it's kind of fun to watch the strategy of how they run defensive tackles in and out. Mm-hmm. But when you've got six of them uh, and they're ready to go, that's a, that's a real, real benefit. And, again, looking forward, uh, three, four of those guys are underclassmen who will be here in the next uh, three or four years. I, I really like that you bring up Chase Kennedy. I think that, that you know, a couple years from now, Probably when you you look at him, um, the defensive end position again, one you're going to rotate a lot. But Logan Fano is a freshman who I think he, he may not start. You know, I think it's probably going to be Van and, and Jonah, mm-hmm. Connor O'Toole as well. But you're going to see Logan Fano mm-hmm. getting a lot of reps just mm-hmm. because of how instantly he's taken to the defensive end position at this level. You can't keep that kind of talent off the field. Uh, we talked about it. Who is going to be that edge guy, that true uh, pass rusher on third and 10? Who's coming at the quarterback? You used to, you know, Bradley and I, you, you were watching him on third down. You'd zoom in on the television and just watch number six. Who is that guy? Logan Fano showing flashes of that. Can he do it as a freshman? We're not sure. But as a sophomore, as a junior, as we as we project forward, like you, uh, like you asked in this question, that's really exciting to have. And then at the cornerback and, and defensive back positions, I, I'm curious to see the, the coaches mentioned Smith Snowden will be in the, mm-hmm. the deep, uh, likely that, that comes out. We're releasing this tomorrow. We are. This will come out on Thursday. So it should come out. <laughs> so you're going to get the depth chart today, probably. Um, if he's on that two deep, that means he's at least caught up to or past one of Zamaya Vaughn or, or Kenzel Lawler or, or, or one of those those corners who already have a lot of Pac-12 experience. Now, 
those guys will all still get reps. But if you're, you know, Smith Snowden and you're already breaking into the two deep in a cornerback room that starts with Travis Broughton, Miles Battle, Kenzel Lawler, Zamaya Vaughn, Fabian Marks. Like these are guys who have all played decent Pac-12 football. If Smith Snowden is already breaking into that room, be excited for, for what he, uh, he can bring in the next couple of years for sure. It is really exciting, and it's just so exciting that Utah football is back literally a week from today at the time you guys are listening to this. And, Porter, that means we'll have Thursday game day. And where should people head over to if they want to get the full Utah football game day experience? Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be live four hours from kickoff. As, as you guys know, um, we'll, we'll be live all day. If, if Utah football is, is playing, tune it in in the morning, and, and we'll be going live. Uh, it'll start 2 p.m., uh, my pregame show with Nate Orchard, speaking of – uh, the the X factor yeah. on the edge. Nate Orchard will be will be joining me this season. Uh, we'll be live at a, a Jersey Mike's location near you. I think we'll actually be uh, just north of of Salt Lake, and and uh, we'll be we'll be live from there for the pregame show, and then of course making our way up to the tailgate afterwards to 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 get to the the ESPN 700, the Smiths tailgate that'll be out there. Say hello to to everybody, and then of course kickoff, man. I'm I'm. Really excited for it. A week away, JT. Uh, it seems like we've been waiting forever, but uh, again, it also seems like it, it's flown by uh, just how quickly it, it's gotten here and, and how close we are. I'm, I'm excited for it. Can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I can still remember driving back from the Rose Bowl with my friend like through Vegas. I'm like, man, we got to wait so long till Utah football. And now just a week away. Doesn't Already seem here. like that much time at all. Porter, thank you for joining us. Thanks, JT. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked on Utes, but we'll be back with you tomorrow for more Utah football-related content.